Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we're talking about truth and reality and emotions, all very big parts of a child's experience, and like walking or reading or social development, something that a child is learning. For young children, it really doesn't need to be real in order to be true. Reality is fluid. At some point, children become aware that they have an impact on their environment and on the behavior of others. We'll see that a young child drops a spoon from their high chair or from their seat at the table over and over and over again to have an impact on their environment, to experiment with reality and to hear the good sound, but also to impact the behavior of others because getting a reaction is fun. And they love these people who are their caretakers, their parents, and those who love them. And often it elicits conversation or at least a response from one of your favorite people. Sometimes, even as adults, we say no even when we don't mean it. We sometimes say no just to assert a little bit of power. We've all felt a sense of, you're not the boss of me, I'm in charge of my own self. We see this with, I'll do it because I want to, not because you told me to. Or, yes, I did want ice cream until you asked me if I wanted ice cream, and now that you want ice cream, I don't want ice cream, I want pie. Sometimes we just feel a little argumentative, and this is not exclusive to children, nor is it exclusive to adults. This is where independence, which is a positive quality in Montessori, gets a bad reputation and becomes synonymous with stubborn or disagreeable or uncooperative. But strangely enough, we often apply these words when a child is exerting these qualities of, I say up, you say down. I say it's a good day. You say, no, it's a terrible day. I say, let's do something together. You say, absolutely not. We all feel this way sometimes. Children sometimes, though, are the ones who act on it. We feel guilty and grumble inside, but sometimes are a little more cooperative than a child feels it necessary to be. But it's all part of the human experience. As adults, sometimes our behaviors don't match our internal characteristics. And who's to say whether this is a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe if when we were having an unpleasant day, we just said out loud, I'm having an unpleasant day. I am feeling unpersonable today. Maybe we'd have a better day because we're identifying how we're feeling and being honest with ourselves and with our partners and those we work with. We sometimes, even as adults, have a tough time identifying how we're feeling and what we want. We see this as adults when we might mistake tired or bored for hungry, or we get mad at somebody when we're simply frustrated with our own selves, 
or snapping at a partner or colleague when you're actually in need of sympathy. Hopefully I'm not the only person who can identify with these things. These are natural to the human experience. Although sometimes we can have a little bit more empathy with them when they happen with adults. Oh, she's just having a hard moment. Then we are with children when we wonder why they're just not being cooperative. They feel these emotions as deeply, if not more so, than we do because for young children, everything is still so new. And if they feel it, it's right there at the surface. If somebody else get something that they wanted, the feeling is so ready to jump to the surface just as much as if dad picks up when mom typically would. It can either be an overjoyful experience and that joy is close to the surface or disruptive and tears burst out of nowhere even though they're overjoyed to see this parent instead of who they were anticipating. Things are different, and that's jarring. Everything is so close to the surface. The good thing is, often when emotions come quickly, they ebb quickly as well. And for children, because they express what they feel when they feel it, even though they might not be able to identify what it is or why they're feeling that way, they ebb and flow, and things can change as quickly as the tide. It's natural to sometimes want to assert a bit of power, especially when we're feeling vulnerable or small or hungry or tired, and we can all identify with this. It's part of the human experience. We can see how these behaviors might naturally emerge from children as well. How much harder must it be when you're still learning everything, when you're still learning how to walk, how to talk, how to do things that seem to come so easily for grown-ups and for those around you. How much harder must it be to identify what you're feeling physically and emotionally, how to name these sensations and possible causes and remedies and byproducts, as well as learning self-control, self-monitoring, and what is real and what isn't. Reality is fluid when you're little. It doesn't need to be real to be true. It doesn't need to be factual in order to be a strong part of a child's reality. Everything is so new to young children that it's all true. It's all thank you, I needed to know that. It's all real and deserves an emotional response and becomes a part of their psyche until they're able to distinguish what's pretend and what's real, what's factual and what's fluid. To illustrate, here's a few archetypal examples. The resulting meltdown when a balloon floats away. Is this really catastrophic? No. But the reaction that a child naturally has would make it think that it's absolutely catastrophic. We see this also with pretend play. He says he's five and he isn't can sometimes be so upsetting that a child is tearful. They forget that if it's pretend, if it's just in somebody else's imagination, all we have to do is ignore it for it not to be true. The upset comes twofold. Not only is something not true, but also they forget that you don't need to buy into that. 
This is very difficult for a young child to wrap their head around. At a young age, they're still learning between truth and fiction. A lie isn't a mistruth so much as wishful thinking. If I say it's true, it's true. We sometimes see this when a child is ready to be picked up at the end of the day and they grab their lunch and come to the door because that's what happens. If I get my lunch and I come to the door, my mom comes. Or if I say, my mom is picking me up from school today, even though it's typically dad. If I say it's true, maybe it will be true. They're playing with the truth, understanding not always if I say it, it's true. Because their experience is adults say things and they're true. They haven't quite learned the piece that adults have typically more of an impact on enacting that truth than a child has an ability to. It's sometimes a guilty conscience, hoping and pretending that if I say I didn't bop my friend on the head, I don't know what happened to her, I don't know why she's crying, the unpleasant feeling that that behavior caused, that that incident caused, that'll go away. It's not a lie per se. It's wishful thinking. It's hoping to have an impact on your reality. It's trying to understand when what I say is true because of those times when we are able to impact our environment. If I say, I'd like ice cream, and then sometimes we do get to go have ice cream, that is when what I say has an impact on reality. And then sometimes we say, I want ice cream, and ice cream doesn't happen. In the same way, we're hoping that if I say my mom's picking me up, that's going to be the truth. Or if I say, no, I don't know why my friend is tearful right now, then I actually won't know and my friend will magically get better. There's not a lie. It's just trying to understand when and how and in what capacity and how it feels to be able to impact my life. They're learning my words have meaning. My words have weight and value, and I can affect change on people and on my environment by what I do and what I say. This is huge for children. No wonder the emotions come so quickly and ebb and flow, and the reaction is not always based on a factual sense of reality as the rest of us are experiencing it. We all don't always need to call a child on her fib nor is not calling her on her fib necessarily playing into the reality she's creating. Things like always and never are rarely indicators of reality. Instead of naming all the reasons she's wrong when a child says she never gets to do what she wants, perhaps helping her to find the kernel of truth hidden within. Things like, oh, is that how you feel? Or, do you want to tell me more about that? Questions. Not dismissing how she's feeling or not dismissing the experience, but honoring it and trying to help a child to determine what is true. Because the reality is, it doesn't need to be factual in order to be her experience. It doesn't need to be true that she never gets to do what she wants. And once we honor it, 
sometimes she's able to identify, well, actually, I do sometimes get to do what I want, but I'm not able to do what I want this time, and that's making me feel frustrated. If the response is merely, that's not true, or just yesterday we did exactly what you wanted, or if we're faced with just the facts without any empathy to go along with them, it's very difficult to feel seen and heard and recognized. And these are qualities that are required in order for us to tap into our own selves and identify what's true, what's merely how I'm feeling about the reality of this situation, and what's the story I'm making up in my head. If it's a real doozy, if a child comes to you with a story that's really out of left field, sometimes we can respond with, huh, that doesn't sound quite accurate. But we can still affirm the child. We don't have to necessarily say, that's not true. Or try to argue a child down from a ledge when they're feeling like the balloon is flying away is an absolute catastrophe. As adults, when we're feeling a bit out of sync and having trouble identifying how we feel and what we should do about it, which so many of us do have trouble with those things, the answer is often affirmation. And the same is true for children. I hear how frustrated that made you. I know how Sam is a really dear friend to you. And I think he probably didn't mean to hurt your feelings the way he did. I'm so sorry your balloon flew away. I can't get you a new balloon, but I can give you a hug. We can acknowledge what the child is feeling. We can identify the kernel of truth within that, naming emotions or naming behaviors we're seeing and keeping a child company through the experience until they're backed down off the ledge and we're able to have a reasonable conversation and process that experience with them or help give them tools for handling it themselves. After all, when we're feeling the need to assert a bit of power or affect change on reality or affect our environment or those around us or asserting a bit of wishful thinking or feeling vulnerable or we don't know how we're feeling, we all mostly just want to be seen and known and loved. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook. Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Bondec, and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at bondec.org. Until next time.